You are now listening to the Photography Enthusiast Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Photography Enthusiast Podcast. As always, I am your host Daniel Lee or Photos by DOE. So today we're going to be going over why manual mode is actually easy and a quick an easy way to understand how to use manual mode. Might be a topic that's not for everyone, but hopefully you do get something out of it. If you do sort of already shoot a manual, you know, but yeah, we'll go over some quick news and what I've been up to. So as always, we'll start off with the personal updates. So once again, haven't been shooting as much. You know, if you listen to that episode regularly, you'll see that I have a pattern where I shoot a lot, then I stop for a bit and shoot a lot and stop for a bit. At the moment, I just don't feel like I have many ideas. Like I've done most of the cityscapes I want. I feel like my interests are in other areas, but I just don't know what to shoot. Still life wise, you know, I could probably shoot some stuff around the house. It's more just creativity and really finding ideas, which is, you know, I've said before, creativity is where I struggle the most. Execution and that sort of stuff is usually not the hard part. I know how to take photos. It's just, yeah, coming up with the creative ideas to actually do it. So yeah, regardless of that, I did have... Um, today off work. So as of release of recording today, the Wednesday, the 26th off work to shoot the lunar eclipse. But what I had in mind of it and what, you know, it actually is are two different things. When they're referring to supermoon, I was thinking like a really big moon and that it would be over the horizon at a certain time. So I could do a cityscape. But now I realize the spot I was going to shoot it from isn't suitable for the moon because the moon's completely different spot. And also the main attraction of it is the lunar eclipse, which is at 9pm when it's already way too high in the sky for the shot I was thinking. So I've gone from, you know, prioritizing that to probably I won't even be shooting it, which is kind of funny. Otherwise, I got a new job as well. So pretty excited for that. You know, with anything new, it's always a bit scary and a bit exciting. You're going to get to learn stuff again, you know, challenge yourself, new opportunities. But at the same time, it's scary because, you know, like where I'm at right now in my current job, I know most of the things. I'm the more experienced person that everyone goes to for help, but whereas I'm going to have to be the one asking for help. I've wanted a new job for a while. I wanted to move forward in my career. So, you know, it's a good thing for me. I'm excited for it. It won't affect the podcast at all. I'm pretty sure it wouldn't any. It's meant to be just still nine to five, but we'll see how we go. It will change everything for me in a way as I'm currently still working from home. So, you know, with the podcast, I can record it in the morning before work on my lunch break. Whereas when I'm back in the office, it won't be that easy. And the same with my working out, my exercising. I usually do that on my lunch break. So that's going to have to either be before work or after work and most likely before work, which means I'll need to get up at 6 a.m. So there are changes that need to be done, but either way, I'm happy. And last, but I'm hoping to do more reviews. So I still need to finish the 85 review, the Tamron 100 to 400 review, the 35 review. Out of all of those, I feel like the 85 should probably be my priority mainly because it's the most newest out of all those lenses. The same with the IR 50mm, which I've been using so much. But, you know, we'll see how we go, how I feel, how many different ones I can do before they get too irrelevant. So what we'll do is we'll get right into the news now. So the first story is, we're pretty much all from Petapixel, but about Photoshop save as function has changed. So as you may know, if you use Photoshop previously, when you go save as, you could either choose to save as a compressed format, like a JPEG, there'll be an option where you could save as a JPEG and it'll just save a copy. Or you could do all your uncompressed formats like TIFF, PSD, all that sort of stuff. With the most recent change in Photoshop, 
they actually removed that function. So they added a new thing in the menu called save a copy. So if you go into save as now, there won't be an option for JPEG in that. You'll have to go into save a copy instead. Apparently the reasoning for this is because of Apple. So even us Windows users are being punished for it. But apparently with Apple, they removed the API that let Adobe do that function. So because that API was removed, they could no longer do it. And which means they needed to remove it. So rather than just remove it only on Apple, they decide to remove it on Windows as well. So yeah, that function is not possible. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of unhappy people. Both Mac users are unhappy and Windows users are even more unhappy considering it doesn't even affect us in a way, but we still have to jump around the hoops. If you're, you know, compressing your images and if you um, flatten your image just to one, you know, background layer or whatever, and then export it, it shouldn't matter to you. I believe it's only if you have multiple layers, which most people do. They like to save the progress as they go along. So this would affect them, which, you know, a lot of people do. But for me, I don't think it really affects me as much because I generally tend to compress everything before I export it. If I want to save progress on it, I'll usually do it as a PSD, not as a JPEG or anything. Either way, it is definitely annoying, but, you know, what can we do? Hopefully Adobe fixes it and makes it just for Mac and not for Windows as well. But I seriously doubt they will. They probably want to keep it uniform across all platforms. So it's very unlikely. Another one is from Adobe. So Adobe has updated their neutral filters and brings like a depth blur. So like pretty much like portrait mode on mobiles to Photoshop. Now you can watch some videos on this, like from Pix and Perfect. He does a really great comprehensive video on it, which he finds at the moment, you know, the intention is good, but it's not quite there in the execution. The way it transitions from in focus to out of focus is just like one straight line. So it doesn't actually look believable, just like on a phone. The only good part that he found about it is you can actually create a depth map. map. So once you, you could use it to create the depth map, then once you create the depth map, I can't even say that word, but you can use that to actually apply your own lens blur to it and do it yourself, which he found seemed to work a lot better or using even just select subject and blur worked better for him as well. Obviously, you know, this is the first time they've added this feature. So you wouldn't really expect it to be perfect. It's something that does need to grow over time. Even if you look at the select subject option, you know, the tool that started off, it was good, but it wasn't perfect. Whereas over time, it's improved more and more and more. I feel like that's going to be the same for this. And to be honest, it is important for stuff like Photoshop to be able to do this. Because if phones advance so much in computational photography, really, we need to be able to do that on Photoshop and in computers as well. Next up, Nikon suspends orders for DSLR lens sites production reasons. So there was a public notice posted on Nikon Japan's website and apparently it was suspending orders of all the telephoto lenses starting on May 21st, 21 for an indefinite amount of time. So Petapixel had an expert from it, um, which was translated from Japanese. It says, thank you for your continued patronage of Nikon products. Due to production reasons, it will take some time for products to be delivered to customers. Therefore, we will suspend the acceptance of orders after May 21st, 2021. We sincerely apologize for any inconvenience caused to our customers. We will consider the delivery time and resumption time of orders while observing the situation and will inform you again as soon as it is confirmed. We will do our utmost to deliver the product as soon as possible and we appreciate your understanding. So a lot of people, when you read forums and that sort of stuff, cite that this is mainly due to them focusing on mirrorless and usually production issues is keyword for when we're going to discontinue it, but they're not want to say it's discontinued. Obviously, if you're a Nikon user and you still use a DSLR, it's probably disappointing to hear. But to me, you know, 
people always say Nikon aren't in the greatest financial situation. So I feel like this is a good move. They should be focusing on mirrorless, not on DSLRs. And whatever helps them turn over a greater profit and stay alive, then that's what they need to do. That means, you know, focusing on the present, which is mirrorless and not the past, which is DSLR. That's what has to be done. So that is it for the news. What we'll do is we'll get over and start on our main topic. Now, not everyone shoots in manual. Even if you consider yourself to be a seasoned veteran shooting 5, 10 years, you'll find a lot of people still use aperture priority or shutter priority, AV or TV, depending on which camera system you use, what they call it. For me, I back when I used DSLRs, I always wanted to shoot manual. <coughs> For me, back when I used DSLRs, I always wanted to shoot manual, so I made sure to teach myself to use it. It can seem sort of difficult to some, you know, or harder to get results. What I will say is on mirrorless is a lot easier because, you know, what you see is what you get. So what I mean by that is you're pretty much looking at a screen that's showing what the exposure is going to be like. So there's a lot of the guesswork out of it. With mirrorless, you got to sort of rely on which metering mode you're in, the light meter at the bottom, the histogram, if you're willing to, you know, go back out into the rear screen and check it, that sort of stuff. But it can seem like it's a hard mode to use, but honestly, it's super, super easy. And it's good to actually know how to shoot manual, even if you can get very similar results, like in camera, you know, using aperture priority and exposure compensation, for example, you're always better off doing it yourself manual because you're going to get a much cleaner image, more straight out of camera, and it's going to be more closer to what you want. And it's going to, you know, be less editing as well. So what I'll do is I'll go over some ways that you can actually learn to shoot in manual. And this will hopefully, you know, if you're not currently doing it, actually give it a try and get used to it. So just quickly, I feel like you have to go over it if you're going to be talking about manual mode. But obviously when you're shooting in manual mode, you're mainly looking at your exposure triangle. So aperture, which you can think of as how much light is let in. The shutter speed, which is how long the lens, or sorry, how long the light is let in, if you think about it. You know, when the shutter opens and closes, it's for how long to let that light in. And also the ISO, which is how sensitive the sensor is to light. So you, ISO, you know, used to be film. You have different, sens different sensitivities. And that's pretty much, you can figure it similar as being on digital cameras. But really it's turning up the, I think it's the gain ratio on the sensor, which is what is the ISO, if you want to go more technical and into digital sense. Now with my way of understanding aperture, shutter speed, and ISO, to me, it's about understanding how these three work and how they work together and which one to prioritize. Now, one way quick, oh, this is even it's easier, quicker way you can do it if you want to shoot manual. So say you're shooting an aperture priority, you have your aperture set to F1.8 and your ISO set to 100, then you take a photo. What you only need to do is look at that photo, chimp, look at the photo, see, hey, it was a bit overexposed and the camera used 1 50th of a second. All you need to do is chuck it into manual, put F1.8, ISO 100 like before, and then put your shutter speed to say 180th. Then that might, that one third of a stop, I think it is, might fix that up. Or maybe it's two thirds of a stop, but yeah. Either way, that'll fix it up. So that's one way of doing it. The way I do it is, and the way I taught myself to do it is, you have to look at each scene and what you're shooting. And then from there, determine what the most important setting is and what is your priority. And then set each one at a time from there. So what we'll do is I'll discuss some different scenarios, like shooting scenarios that you may need manual for. And then that way you can sort of see what to prioritize. So now if you're shooting landscapes or cityscapes, now I think it's pretty fair to agree that if you're shooting a landscape or cityscape, you want to be able to show everything in focus. Now, 
Obviously, if you want everything in focus, the aperture is really important. Now, with the aperture, you want to use, depending on the light and how long you want to target your exposure, I'd say aim for around f8. I pretty much always shoot at f8. The most I'll stop down is to f11 because usually past that you get diffraction. So you lose some image quality if you go too low. So you really want to target it around f8. Now, the second priority I would say is shutter speed. So generally, you know, if I shoot landscapes, cityscapes, I'm on a tripod. So I also like to do long exposures. So that means I'd want, you know, as long exposure as possible. But if you're shooting handheld, then you need your shutter speed to be one over your focal length. So for example, if you're shooting a 50 millimeter lens, you'd want it to be at least 1 50th of a second. But, you know, if you can double it, you should be even better. So 1 100th of a second. I always put usually ISO as last priority because that can really suit what you're doing. So if you're shooting handheld and you have to shoot handheld, you'd want just your ISO to be as low or as high as possible to obtain the shutter speed you want. So for example, if you're shooting at f8 1 100th of a second with a 50mm lens and you're still overexposing, then you know ISO 100 you go to and then you can always increase your shutter speed until you get to where, you know, the light meter is telling you it's too dark. Generally though, if you're shooting on a tripod, which, you know, I would generally do, you would just set it to aperture, set your aperture to F8, your ISO to ISO 100, and then you adjust your shutter speed. Whereas if you're handheld, you may want to put the shutter speed as the second priority. Obviously, if you're using filters and stuff, that's going to affect your shutter speed. But to me, it's always the number one priority would be aperture, getting everything in focus. And then from there, depending shutter speed, if you're on a tripod, ISO is next, which is ISO 100 always. Or if you're not on a tripod, that's where your shutter speed comes in. Now for portraits, so portraits, you know, generally everyone sort of has a different way of doing their portraits. Some may go for a more environmental look with everything in focus. Others, you know, like myself and many others prefer to isolate the subject and have a shallow depth of field. So because you want that shallow depth of field and to isolate your subject, your first priority again should be aperture. So you'd want to shoot generally as wide open as your lens can go, depending on how many people. It's not a genuine, like a set rule, but generally the amount of people you have in a photo, you should try and keep your aperture the same. So say you have one person, you could probably get away with 1.8, 1.4. If you have two people, you want to go up to maybe F2, F2.8, three people, F3.5, that sort of stuff. It's not, you know, a very set rule because the focal length and all that comes into it. But it's just like a good rule of thumb. You can sort of starting point for you to figure it out. So yeah, for example, say I'm shooting a couple. So my aperture, I'm setting it at f2.8 or f2. So that's that part done. Then the next priority for me would be shutter speed. Because, you know, generally with portraits, you're moving around a lot. You want to keep your shutter speed fast enough. So what I would do from there is, if it's low light, then I'd want to try and go for shutter speed next. So I'd say I'm using a 35 millimeter lens. I'd go maybe 150th, 160th of a second at least. And then from there, I'd adjust my ISO. If it's really bright lighting, then you know that you know you're probably going to be able to shoot at ISO 100. So you could put it ISO 100 and then adjust your shutter speed based off that. You know, but obviously the minimum you would want to go is one of your focal length for say 160th on a 35 millimeter lens. If you have to go lower than that, then obviously that means it's too low and you're going to have a blurry image unless you're using flash, which, you know, that obviously changes everything. But I'm assuming here you're using natural light, that sort of stuff. But yeah, once again, aperture, then depending on the lighting, low light would be shutter speed, the next priority. Priority. Good lighting would be the ISO as the next priority. 
Now, this sort of goes for all portrait or not portrait people related photos. Doesn't just have to be normal pose portraits for street photography. You'd sort of do the same, you know, for street aperture, depending if you want to have everything in focus or not, you'd set that. Shutter speed, if people are walking back and forth, that's where you'd need to go for a higher shutter speed. And then the ISO is whatever you need to do to balance the exposure and get the achieved shutter speed and aperture that you want. Now, sports and wildlife, I would actually put them in the same category purely because you'll find that, you know, both generally involve fast moving subjects or something that's not very predictable. So to me, you know, the main focus would be obviously keeping up with the subject. So your first priority would be shutter speed. Now, generally with these type of photography as well, most people will be using long lenses like 100 to 400, that sort of stuff. So you're going to need a very fast shutter speed. You're going to be, you know, say you're using 400 millimeter, 100 to 400 at 400, you're going to be needing to be at least, you know, one 400 for second if the subject is static. If you're shooting a, you know, moving bird or sports of someone running, you're probably going to honestly want to be over one one thousandth of a second just to really make sure you nail the focus. And, you know, if you can shoot in bursts as well, that may help spray and pray, which you technically shouldn't do. But, you know, sometimes for sports, it can help. And same for wildlife. Now, for this one, the second priority I would say would be aperture. I honestly believe for most sports and for bird photography, you're going to want to be either wide open or maybe one or two stop down. So for example, if I'm shooting at 400 millimeters on my 100 to 400, even though it's f6.3 on the long end at 400 millimeters, the wider aperture, I'd probably either be at that or at around f8, just for a little bit extra sharpness. And what you have to remember as well, at 400 millimeters, the depth of field is actually quite small, even at f6.3 and f8 especially if you're shooting something tiny like a bird. So that's what you would do. I would probably honestly shoot wide open or as close to wide open as possible, just letting in as much light. And then with ISO, obviously, that would just be to suit your shutter speed and aperture. So, you know, the main priority is to getting that shutter speed you need. Then the ISO and the aperture have to be adjusted just to try and balance that. So if you're shooting F8, but you have to go really high for your ISO and you want to get it down a bit, just go wide open to F6.3. It's what two thirds of a stop, I think it is. And then you can reduce your ISO by two thirds of a stop to balance it out. And the same probably goes for sports as well. It's very, very similar. As you see, I'm not going to cover every genre, but it's more just like once you learn one or two of them, you know, you sort of get an idea of how to think about it and how to approach each situation. And it also comes down to your shooting style. So the last one I'll talk about is still life or product. So assuming like most people, you'll be doing your still life and product photography on a tripod, your subject is static. And often you'll be using lighting. To me, you would want to make aperture your number one priority again. The reason for that is depending on what image you want to go for. So sometimes you'll have, you're shooting your product on white and you want to make sure the entire thing is in focus. So you need a very small aperture like F8. Whereas other times, like with a lot of my product photography, I'm going to make it super bokehlicious and have the background blurred out. So I'm shooting wide open like F2 on my 85 millimeter. Because of that, aperture is the priority. And then the next priority I would say is ISO. You're just generally always going to want to have an ISO 100 and your shutter speed will just be to match whatever your exposure is. Still life and product to me is very, very simple in that sense. But it all comes down to, you know, what type of lighting if you're using a tripod, which, you know, most people generally would. If you could look at food photography as well, if you're in a cafe wanting to do food photography, you know, just taking a photo of your lunch, sign thing. Aperture would be to, you know, get everything in focus, stop it down at least as much as you can. Obviously, in that situation, you'll probably be handheld. So you'd need to set your shutter speed as your second priority to make sure you've got a usable shutter speed. The third priority would be the ISO to suit whatever lighting you're in and to get those 
other two settings that you need. So hopefully um, that's helped you and, you know, it explained it in a not too confusing way. I know this kind of stuff will probably be suited as a video. Maybe I will do it as a video later on if anyone sort of prefer that. But to be honest, even that video would still be a screen, sh screen capture. I don't think I'm at the point yet. I'm willing to get in front of the camera, which is a pretty funny thing. But yeah. So yeah, pretty much the basis of it, use your scene to determine which setting is your priority and which you should be basing everything off. You know, do use your assisted modes like AV and TV to help understand each setting if you're at that point still where you're still really learning and don't feel confident with it. There's no pressure to shoot in manual, but you know, you should always learn, uh, sorry, aim to learn and aim to improve. And you know, often shooting in manual should be the next step for you to learn that. And as I said, you can get a lot better control but better images straight out of the camera, so it's worth it. And last but not least, try and remember to use one over focal length. So, you know, minimum 140th of a second on the 35mm lens, or even try and double it to 180th of a second just to be safe, just to make sure it's really, really nice and crisp and sharp. Well, that's it for this episode of the Photography Enthusiast Podcast. Thank you very much if you've made it all the way to the end. As always, you can find all the news article links in the show notes. If you'd like to see more articles, more podcast episodes, you can find it at thephotographyenthusiast.com, link in the show notes. And you can find me at Flickr. Um, my links are in there. I think it's dlee13 is my handle on there. Otherwise, Twitter is where I'm usually most active. I'm trying to post my photos on the Photography Enthusiast podcast Twitter now instead of my personal one, which is Mr. Meow Puss. <laughs> like a cat, yeah. But um, otherwise... I find I post other non a lot of gaming and wrestling stuff on there. So that's why I've just tried to move it away. So people who are only interested in photography can see just that and just check out TPE Twitter for that. All the links in the show notes. If you'd like to suggest a topic, I can do my best to cover it. If you want to contact me for any questions about what I've covered today or in general about photography, not about SEO or marketing, which is what all the spammers always contact me for, but contact me. You can email me or use a contact form on the website, even reach out to me on Twitter or something. I'll be happy to discuss photography with you. So thank you very much for listening. Enjoy the rest of your day. See ya.